Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's the podcast about comic books hosted by two guys. In fact, the only podcast about comic books hosted by two guys. And those two guys happen to be brothers and kind of comedians. So uh, that's a little background on who we are. I'm one of those two kind of comedians, Kevin Hines. And I'm the other kind of comedian, Will Hines. Also a brother, also a guy. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And we are wrapping up our season on Superior Spider-Man, the most requested comic book for us to cover. This is, uh, the, our listeners were clamoring. They were clamoring for us to read this. And we said, no, for a long time, we said, no, mm-hmm. we got to do Justice League. We got to do Justice League Europe. We got to do Batman Year One, we said. We got to do a season of guests. And still they clamored, you must, you must read Superior Spider-Man. And finally we gave in and I instantly agreed with them. <laughs> yeah, so this is the storyline uh, where uh, written by Dan Slott and drawn by a number of artists, but initially Ryan Stegman. It's a storyline where Dr. Octopus has taken over Peter Parker's brain and body and erased Peter Parker from his memory and killed the Peter Parker that remained in the Otto Octavius body and become the new Spider-Man. So Dr. Octopus was the new Spider-Man, but there was just enough Peter in him for him to be convinced to try to be a hero, to try to be a hero and prove himself superior to Peter Parker, to be the superior Mm Spider-Man. And so this is a 31-issue run where he is proving himself to be better than Peter Parker in every way possible in his mind. And as I've said many times as we've gone over these issues, I'm really impressed at how how good it is, but also kind of how long it is. Like, as I've said, to me, this feels like a three or four issue idea. Um, but, um, Dan Slott, the writer got 31 pretty great issues out of it. Yeah. And, and throughout what we've covered so far, there was like some remnants of Peter Parker's memory in his brain and Otto erased that, uh, Otto has fallen in love with a student or a TA, I guess, Anna Marconi, uh, in his quest to get the PhD that Peter Parker never got, he, uh, fell in love. He uh, has built himself a lair, a spider island lair, and filled <laughs> it with minions. <laughs> and uh, and big uh, spider robots. And big spider robots. He is defeating a lot of villains. Some of them he has killed. Many of them he has just horribly, horribly, horribly hurt. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's released a series of cameras all over yeah, New York spider. City that just spies on the populace looking for crimes using there's, facial yeah. recognition technology. There's spider bots everywhere. Uh, what are some of the ways you think he is better uh, at being Spider-Man, Will? Well, because he doesn't actually care about the human beings he is saving and because he just looks at it as a game, ironically, that sometimes makes his judgment better. Like he will, you know, if it's a fire, he routes it to the fire department and doesn't worry about those people. And in a lot of cases, he's probably right and saves his time and energy for the things that only he can do. Right. Uh, he's also been better about uh, sometimes, and Peter sometimes does these things, but he's more often he is planning ahead. So if he is dealing with a villain, he researches what, them. Yeah, he researches a villain, thinks about where they're going to be, prepares to fight them, doesn't just like chase them down. They might commit some crimes along the way, but while they're doing that, he is preparing to defeat them uh, completely. 
He'll even maybe stop in a visit, squeeze in a visit to Aunt May before he goes and does it. Because he's like, okay, I got my plan. I, I know that I'm going to get them later today. I better go visit Aunt May here, even though they are, this villain is currently like doing something right now. Yeah. And because of his spider bots, because he has uh, uh, eyes on the city, he doesn't need to patrol. That saves him some time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his minions. He's got a whole spider army. Yep, and he's got them helping him out and running things. So, yeah, and he's also got all the money that Otto Octavius has set aside in uh, foreign accounts. So he can fund things like that pretty easily. There is also the moral question of for the very murderous supervillains like Massacre, Mm -hmm. right, who is just straight up mass murderer. And we see and we see them in the Superior Spider-Man story kill innocent people kind of brutally. And he killed that guy. Is that better? Like Massacre is gone. Like that, yeah. that, of, that, of course, you know, some people say, no, capital punishment is never justified. Some people would say in extreme cases it is. That's an extreme case. Was he right to do that? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, when I read Batman comics now, the Joker has just, uh, over the years, has transitioned in just into a full-on mass murderer. Like every time mm-hmm. the Joker gets free, he kills not just a couple people, but hundreds, dozens, if not yeah. thousands of people. I, I wish it was just dozens. He kills yeah. so many. He blows up buildings. He massacres uh, uh, crowds of people. Mm. And I don't believe in the death penalty, but I do think let's like I killed the Joker. Yeah, that, that's the one exception. And, and yeah, because you can't seem to stop him in time. It's not like he gets out and he maybe kills one person before you stop him. He comes. He gets out and he kills hundreds and thousands of people. So it's like, oh, you should kill that guy. Yeah, and and you are a, a a bad hero for not somehow stopping him permanently, right? Or break his legs. I don't know. Like, do something where he can no longer do anything. Yeah, uh, and 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 I would rather have a Joker that doesn't kill thousands of people every time he gets out. And I think that's easier. It's an easier villain to want to see time and time again, mm-hmm. um, and have like Batman not kill him. Like it's like oh, you know, you, that's the line I won't cross because it's. You know, it's 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 gray versus like in, in the in the character of the Joker. I'm just like, oh, I I don't understand it. Yeah, not but, so gray uh, here. Yeah, um, but yeah, like you don't need to kill every villain. Like uh, Spider-Man almost kills Screwball and Jester, who like play practical jokes and throw pies in people's face and pants right. Spider-Man. Uh, there's no reason to kill them. Right. That was a really interesting one, two uh, story series because the first issue he kills massacre and you're like, you know, as a reader, you're like, okay, well, emotionally, I understand that because this guy's a mass murderer. Then in the very next issue, you get screwball and uh, jester who are just idiots. But he like maims them so viciously. You're like, oh, he is just a bad person. (laughs) Right. Uh, Like He's just enjoying his power over people, his physical power. And that's at a time when Peter Parker was still the remnants of Peter Parker was still sort of active in his brain. I think during that fight, maybe Peter Parker was like exploring memories, wasn't there yeah. to, to completely stop Otto. Because uh, uh, there is, and you know, it's, it's comic book logic, but it feels like when Peter Parker is there, Otto's worst excesses have been kept in check. Right. Uh, and then when Otto erases Peter from his mind, he kind of gets worse. That's when he builds the lair. That's when he hires the minions. That's when he <laughs> he goes unchecked to, to murder Kingpin and Hobgoblin. Like just take like killing Kingpin's an interesting one, right? Because Kingpin doesn't usually kill people directly. 
he runs a criminal empire. Lots of people die because of that. Kingpin's gone. Somebody else probably just takes that over. Killing the Kingpin doesn't. Kingpin like, also doesn't seem to murder unnecessarily. It's sort of yeah. like he's business first, and sometimes, and he often just kills other crime people. Yeah, like he doesn't seem to be running out in the street and hurting innocent people. How does that help his business? It doesn't. So he's a better example of someone that's like, oh, should I kill the kingpin? It's like, no, he is no question a bad guy. Yeah. He probably will never repent. He'll always be a bad guy. Uh, he will be able to get free again. That He's shown that time and time again. Yeah. Uh, but you probably still shouldn't kill him. That seems wrong. It doesn't push the moral boundary too, yeah. too hard. Um, but Otto wanted to kill kingpin and, and believes he did. Uh, kingpin left a... Body double, uh, fake, dead body. Uh, body double, yeah. But while this has all been going on, the Green Goblin has slowly been accumulating an army, and also he's hacked the spider bot so they can't detect right. anyone who looks like a goblin or is marked with his goblin tattoo. The, the, the series is setting up Goblin to be the final boss of the series, which he is. Yes. All, all throughout. So that, that's kind of happening in the background of all these stories. So what we're going to go over today in particular is issue 30, which is the penultimate issue of this series but we're also going to kind of quickly cover a whole bunch issues 17 yeah. through 29 and kevin you're the, you're the one who kind of decided what we were going to cover in this series what was your decision to sort of skip over this huge swath well you only want to cover you like your season short i do that's so you had to you submit me. to my my demands which are we're only going to do x episodes on a series you often tell me you only want to do like three episodes on things that's right and I was like, I don't know how to do this series of 31, really 34 issues, if you include the three prelude issues, mm -hmm. 34 issues in three issues. I don't think you'd get a taste for what it is. I think we could have done. No, I'm like kidding. Um, uh, so I kind of went through and I was just trying to pick as few as possible. Uh, and when I think I initially did it, I picked like 12 issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was like, okay, I got to boil these down now to, mm -hmm. um, but like some of them were easy. Like I picked issue uh, six 98 or was it 698 and 700 yeah or is it 600 whatever it was the 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 issue where it's revealed that Otto is in peter parker's mind and then the last issue of amazing spider-man before it relaunches at superior i picked both of those i was like oh we only need one of those so some of it was picking those out and then i basically settled on like what are the big tentpole moments of this character changing so i picked uh the first moment we know he's there uh, I picked the first issue where we can see him in action as trying to be a hero. Mm -hmm. I picked trying to date Mary Jane. Right. Uh, I picked the killing of Massacre. Yeah. Uh, I can, and uh, what is that? That uh, I picked the brain uh, fight erasing Peter. Right, erasing Peter from the brain, and then I picked um, the super the birth of the spider layer, the the spider layer and the minions. And now I've picked basically the the final auto appearance. Yeah. this one so so things like this we have an we have an arc where there's a 2099 arc that we'll talk about in a second there is a venom arc in a second there's small things that happen but it's more like just pieces are moving into place for the finale like the character doesn't really change much other so, than like things are it's almost like a the shield that tv show uh where it's like oh things he's been spinning all these plates trying to do all this stuff and it's starting to get he's starting to lose control a little bit He's yeah. starting to become more auto. He's losing control of Spider-Man's life. And we can see those pieces starting to fall so that when the Green Goblin arc kicks in, it's really yeah, everything's ready to collapse. Yeah. yeah. 
but those things aren't necessarily huge tent poles. And also, I think like the Venom story to me was not that good. The 2099 story was not that good. Uh, weirdly, I don't mind the stunner two-parter of, of those three things, but it's not hugely important. Is the stunner the avatar, the hologram avatar? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So let's talk about the 2099 arc first. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a ton to say on it other than I like that character. Uh, this is a character, Miguel O'Hara was the Spider-Man of 2099. There was a period where Marvel Comics put out a line of 2099 comics or Spider-Man 2099, Punisher 2099, Doom 2099. Fun. And a guy named Rapture who was new to the 2099 universe that was written by Stan Lee. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it was Rapture or Ravage or something like that. Uh, anyway, I, the Spider-Man one was written by Peter David and drawn by Rick Leonardi, and I loved it. Okay. It was already in the bag for Peter David at that point, so I, I picked that up. And the Doom one was really, really good. Wait, wait, what too. do you mean already in the bag? I was already in the bag for Peter David. I liked his writing. You were sold on him. Yeah, Peter David writes a new comic. I'm buying it. Gotcha. Uh, he did the Sin Eater story. He did the Hulk. Um, Aquaman. Uh, I don't know if he had done Aquaman yet at that point. I don't know if he had gone over to DC and started oh, okay. doing stuff. He might have. But eventually he would do Aquaman and Supergirl and Young Justice and X-Factor. These are all series I really enjoyed by him. But at this point, I don't know if Peter David had written something that I didn't love. Gotcha. So he's writing a Spider-Man comic. I'm in. Even though it's sort of this gimmicky future Spider-Man. And it was great. It was legitimately great. And the Doom one was also legitimately great. And because it was so great, it, even though that line of comics has ended, it comes back every now and then. They keep bringing him back because it's just he's a very popular character with uh, people of my age. Yeah, his name's Miguel O'Hara. He's a future Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, if you want, so our listeners, if you if you if you're not like Kevin and you haven't read a ton of comics, you might know him if you watched the Spider-Verse movie, the post-credit scene where there's a little animated meme of some Spider-Men yelling at each other. One of those is 2099, right? Yeah. Isn't they, there a 2099 post credits appearance? Yes. He, he, they show him monitoring the Spider-Verse breaking down and he sees that it's stabilized and he builds a way to jump through portals and he jumps back into the, the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. So you see like the most modern Spider-Man in a way going to this, maybe the most primitive looking one. Yeah, and I, it, it, he's just one of these characters that's popular, more popular than his percentage of Spider-Man comics maybe deserves, right? Like It's kind of like how in the original Star Wars movies, Kevin, you heard of Star Wars? Uh, yeah, that's the one with uh, Spock and uh, yeah, it's close uh, enough, Frankenstein. Close enough. close enough, yeah, Spock and Frankenstein, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there were these like action figures, of course, very famously that came out with Star Wars that were, you know, huge smash hits. And uh, in the second movie, Empire Strikes Back, there's the quickest ever appearance of a character named Boba Fett, who's got a jetpack and like a missile launch at his thing. I mean, yeah. he's really barely, I think he like, I think he like takes the frozen Han Solo away into his ship. Yeah. Um, but like, Really, really, he's barely in there. You could miss Boba Fett and not really miss anything in that movie. But there was an action figure of him that was massively popular. And it's sort of like the fans demanded, do something with this. And then finally, and you did see a little bit more of him in Return of the Jedi and a little bit more of some version of him in the prequels. But really, it was the Mandalorian that was like, took the Boba Fett looking. And then you eventually do meet true Boba Fett in the Mandalorian yeah. series. It is very funny how popular that character became for like, all he did was like follow the Millennium Falcon, push a cart and fall into the Sarlacc pit. 
and people were like, it. this guy's a badass. He's my guy. Yeah. Um, but it was because he looked cool, right? Like everybody yeah. kind of like sort of demanded that you do more with him. I mean, I really there, think it was the action figure. Like he just, he was the coolest one of the action figures in a way. There was potential in that design and that look. And there was also the line, no disintegrations pointed at him as if he had a history of disintegrating uh, bounties that he yeah. wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he seemed cooler uh, than his his actions. And Miguel O'Hara had like a decent run. Uh, the Spider-Man 2099, but he's come back a few times because of that. Uh, and Dan Slott's a fan of the history of Spider-Man. So this is a storyline where they bring this character back to the present time. I mean, obviously it's also funny that his name has a year in it and we're getting closer and closer to 2099. It's becoming less future sounding and more yeah. just like next week. Right. Right. So he's a great character, but maybe this little arc it's kind of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, this is going to sound so dumb, but this series has really opened me up to what a good writer Dan Slott is. Like if Dan Slott writes it, it's a really solid, solidly structured issue. Yeah. And it's fun and it like moves fast and there's enough of a twist to keep it interesting. But in the larger arc of Superior Spider-Man, we maybe don't move forward that much. It's just auto being auto. Yeah. You know, the new Spider-Man realizes this isn't the same guy who he's used to dealing with in this timeline. It's a little bit treading water in terms of the series-long arcs. Alchemex is a big corporation that sort of forms out of the remains of Osborne and uh, Alchem. Uh, these two companies sort of form into Alchemax, Alchemex, which is the evil corporation from Spider-Man 2099, which I think is the main reason they brought this character. And I think Dan Slott thought it'd be fun to make that company exist. Yeah, like and sort it of sort of sees, see Skynet go online, see the what you know to be the beginning of the Terminator, kind of. Yeah, and I think it is sort of a fun thing to... An, another evil company is always fun to add to a Marvel universe. So th I think that's the main reason he did it. Eventually, they would launch a new Spider-Man 2099 series out of this. Peter David would write that as well, and it was okay. Not nearly as good as the first one. But You, do, uh, you get so, a nice... In this arc, you get a good glimpse of the Horizon Labs people kind mm -hmm. of messing with time travel, like yes. all the fellow scientists in Peter Parker's day job. I mean, I really love this group. They they remind me of sort of the uh, three guys in the X Files, the the lone gunman mm -hmm. who uh, Mulder would go to for like extra creepy spy work when he needed to do something a little beyond the rules. Yeah, they, these guys like their job is basically comic book science. They just build things that are yeah. outrageously cool, yeah, and crazy, and just sort of like any one of these inventions would change our world forever. Yeah, I know. It would be an unrecognizable planet if any <laughs> one thing they designed was real. But they're treating it sort of as if they have a new iPhone. Like they just kind of have yeah. a new, a, a handy new gadget. It's like, yeah, oh, handy new gadget. It de-ages parts of your body. So it can yeah. like heal your kidneys in place. Yeah, maybe we'll sell that. It's like, yeah. wait, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah, they have time travel. They had like, uh, I mean, Spider-Man eventually in this uh, run had, builds nanotech that could like, Without surgery, repair your knees and legs. <laughs> yeah, but so, Aunt May's like walking around. It's, it's like she needed a cane, and now she's perfectly fine at walking. It's like that technology is unbelievable. Yeah, it was like an hour long, laying on a table. Yeah, no anesthetic. Yeah, that is that is would be the most like our our healthcare system would be so crazy much better. It would be insane. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah. so it's kind of funny to get a glimpse of these guys. Like, like I say, Dan Slott writes fun stories. The, the, these are, these are fun. If, even if maybe a little more treading water. 
Right. Then we do like a two issue arc with the stunner who is like, yes. And I've never read her original appearance, but is like an ex relation, someone who was in a relationship with Dr. Otto Octavius when he was Doc Ock. Yeah. And she is like a woman who like uses a VR set to like create a, a, a solid hologram to walk around and commit crimes or something called the stunner. And so she's after Spidey because she still thinks Spidey is the enemy of Otto Octavius without knowing this is actually her true love, Otto Octavius. Yeah. Uh, there's also a brief period where a brief moment where Otto beats up the black cat, which has repercussions after the series ends because the black cat uh, is mad at how vicious her ex-lover Peter Parker was to her. Right. She and Peter Parker dated. And so she starts her usual game when she sees Spidey Otto and flirts with him and is sort of being Catwoman to his Batman. You know, even though I'm a bad guy, you're soft on me. But Otto, who has erased Peter's memories from his brain, does not know this, just sees her as a criminal. And we know what he does to criminals. He beats them mercilessly and he beats yeah. the holy crap out of Black Cat. Yeah. And so that's a brief thing, but that causes repercussions after the series ends uh, when the amazing Spider-Man kicks off again to deal with stunner Doc Ock basically uses her hologram tech to go visit her as Doc Ock and say like, Hey, I'm alive, but uh, I'm just not into you anymore, I guess. Yeah. And he also uses that hologram tech to get his PhD. He uses the Doc Ock to go visit uh, the board and say like, oh, Peter Parker didn't steal my technology. He invented it all. Right. That was a fun, we talked about that twist. It's a fun twist where, yeah, uh, you know, he's trying to get his PhD. That's one of the subplots of the whole superior series. Quite funny. Uh, it just purely out of pride. Cannot live mm -hmm. with not being a PhD. Yeah. He's, he's Dr. Octopus, not Octopus. And so his teacher at Empire State University is an old classmate of Otto's that he really disrespects, which means that Peter Otto has a professor who he needs this guy's approval, but it's somebody who he loathes. Yeah. And it's really funny. And, but he's a brilliant student, right? That's kind of, you would think there's nothing this professor can do because Spidey Otto is truly good at science. That's always been established is, you know, it's, it's a walk in the park for him to do the work necessary for a PhD, but then a little, the professor who also loathes Spidey Otto because he can tell that this kid hates him realize, says, oh, you're stealing all of your ideas from a man that I knew, Otto Octavius. You are plagiarizing his work. And in a way, that's true, right? Because yeah. Otto did that work in another body, and now he's in this body trying to continue it. But the professor is one of the people who would know that. It's really a fun thing. Yeah. And then he kind of back to the futurism, you know, he shows up in the middle of the night in a weird costume and like scares him straight. Yeah. Uh, um, which, which at the end of the day means uh, he is now once he's Dr. Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter has a PhD. Thanks to Otto. Another way that he's superior. He's superior uh, academically. Then uh, that's followed by a Venom storyline. That is one, two, three, four issues long. Uh, where uh, Flash Thompson at this point is in control of the Venom symbiote. And so he's sort of a good guy. Yeah. And he's Agent, sort of Agent Venom. Yeah. And he sort of comes to town to try to deal with uh, some villains. Not really important. But Otto basically is like, oh, the Venom symbiote. I'm going to take care of that problem. Uh, again, not totally wrong. Like the, the symbiote has mostly been evil its entire existence. Let's get rid of it. it you know, uh, it's it's a bad thing. But Flash is a good guy, and uh, the, the character is a good guy right now. So it's basically a force you arc of, like, Spider-Man trying to kill another hero. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a moment where he tells Flash, like, do something, control the symbiote so I know you're in control. But he thinks to himself, and I will use that as an excuse to kill you. 
Yeah. There is a, like a, the venom takes over auto, right? So then so that you get yes. su- you get superior venom for a little while. Yeah. Like the sort of super powered symbiote is now in the hands ish of auto. Although I guess auto and the suit are kind of fighting for control a little bit. So it's kind of an even more evil and, and ruthless superior Spider-Man for a little while. During this arc, he brings Peter Parker back a little bit, right? He has a oh, moment yeah. where he is trying to remember something. Oh, no. I think this happens actually during 2099. During 20, the 2099 arc, there is a moment where he is trying to remember a formula that Peter Parker had figured out. But he's erased that memory. But concentrating so hard, trying to remember his Peter Parker memories, he resurges the remnant of Peter Parker in his brain. But it's like a partial memory because it only has some fragments of Peter Parker's life. But there's a little bit of Peter Parker back in his brain. Yeah, he the basically the parts, because this is very comic book logic complicated. Yeah. But when Otto and Spidey were fighting at the beginning of this story, when Spidey was in Otto's dying body, and Otto was newly in the Spider-Man body. When Peter realizes he is dying in Otto's body, they have like a psychic link or something because of mm-hmm. whatever Otto's done. And he forces Otto to experience a series of his loving memories to kind of goodify him before Peter dies, right? Yeah. That's the last issue of Amazing before the series. And so those memories are alive because Otto remembers them. Yeah, there's those are the fragments that are not erased. These big memories, lifting the the weight in issue 33, getting bitten initially, uh, Gwen's death, a few like very important things that are very important. Uh, The formation of Peter Parker are still in Otto's memory. And those have sort of formed a slight remnant of Peter Parker that helps him fight off the Venom symbiote. Or 2099. No, it, it awakens the 2099, but it comes to help him in the Venom fight. That's right. Yeah. The Venom fight was the funniest, like, comic book exposition summary for me. Like, Flash Thompson's character history in the context of Spider-Man is so funny. Like, he initially was just, like, the bully, right? But then he's also, then he becomes a war vet. And he gets a period of, like, being a traumatized, sort of born on the 4th of July Mm -hmm. style vet who loved America but got very psychologically scarred uh, in the war. Uh, and then he, he becomes, was he goblin for a while? No, he, uh, he be, I think he, he might be accused of being the hobgoblin at some point, but I think the next big thing is this, like he's he becomes Venom. Peter's best friend and he loses his legs in a second tour mm-hmm. uh, of duty. And then at some point, I don't know, I forget the the context of it. He is chosen because he is like this sort of honored soldier is the person to try to control the Venom symbiote as a, as a, as a soldier, basically. Like and he mostly, and he mostly does. Venom. And he's, yeah, he's largely successful. He has his own series for a while. And what Dan Slott does well, and I don't know how much of this comes from Dan Slott or editors or other writers, is he kicks off other books in this Spider-Man universe of books. And Venom was one of these books that spun out of this series, like a Agent Venom series. Yeah. And just like that, there'll be a Spider-Man 2099 series. And there's a Scarlet Spider series. Uh, there was a Silk series, which is another character. Like, there's just all these sort of different characters that he has created that get their own runs, at least briefly. Yeah. And Otto is one of those. Uh, rather, a Venom is one of those. Um, the Venom series was pretty fun. I mean, Venom ups the stakes. You know, the symbiote is more powerful than just Spidey alone. 
Um, so, uh, you know, is Otto in control? Is he not? Because Venom seems to make him even more ruthless and brutal, but he already was pretty ruthless and brutal. So it's like, is Otto going along with that? It's hard to know. Yeah, there's a funny moment when the Venom symbiote is pulled off of him. He uses that as a get-out-of-jail-free card. He tells everyone, like, that's why I've been acting so weird, uh, is because of the Venom symbiote. So if you've noticed me doing things out of character, that's why. Forgive me. And when it's really, it's like, no, that's just who you are. You Right, right. And the peop- and the Avengers are kind of like, huh, yeah, they, it does make sense, but we don't buy it. But they, they sort of have it. to yeah. back off because it makes such logical sense. Yeah, but some characters like Mary Jane seems to buy it. Because she's seen the symbiote uh, affect him yeah. before. Yeah, I mean, it is a really comic booky thing to have happen. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Yeah, it turns out that it's there's plenty of excuses for a hero to be acting like a villain for a while because it actually happens all the time in comic yeah. book worlds. <laughs> That's right. We then have like a one issue Goblin War story where Hobgoblin faces off against the Green Goblin, uh, which is sort of just a feint because the Hobgoblin like leaves the country, yeah, uh, and leaves everything to Green Goblin. Uh, but the Green Goblin basically didn't want the Hobgoblin around getting in his way. And we're getting set up for the um, the finale. Yeah. Uh, which is called uh, Goblin Nation. Now, uh, um, Also a little bit during this, uh, uh, Carly and the Rabbi have gotten proof, not necessarily in a court of law, but enough proof that Spider-Man... They, they know that Otto is in Spidey. Yeah, Dr. Octopus is controlling Spider-Man. Enough proof that they can show it to the Avengers, they believe, and get them on their side. But then yeah. Carly Cooper gets kidnapped by the Goblin army. Yeah, and Goblin Serum is eventually inserted into her, and she's turned into a little goblin. Yeah, she's turned into a goblin as well. Uh, there's a lot of goblins in this story. <laughs> a lot of goblins, and that Goblin Serum is something else, right? It makes you super strong and not like Superman yeah. strong, but it makes you extra strong and like... Makes you uh, Green Goblin strong. Yeah, and all, but also makes you evil. Yep. Uh, it makes you look... Crazy. Yeah, that's right. Should we talk a little bit about everything that builds up to issue 30 and then take a break? Yeah, let's do it. So Goblin Nation. So this yeah. is where Dan Slott starts like really like leveraging everything he's been setting up. Yeah. And and like I said, I think at some point this was, um, I think I've read that this like storyline became a little longer, but this was the finale, I believe that Dan Slott's been building to regardless of whether certain storylines were padded out or, or added to get a few more issues out of this. This is the end game that he'd been heading towards this whole time. The Green Goblin versus Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man. What we start with is that Goblin Nation, Green Goblin is doing great. Like basically Green Goblin starts to take over the city. Like Superior can't stop him. Yeah. It's kind of a time jump, 31 days into Green Goblin asserting himself. And and Superior can't seem to hold him back. Yeah, I mean, his Spider-Bots can't see him. Uh, uh, Norman is outthinking him at every turn. Uh, there's also this aspect that now that Norman, because he kidnapped Carly, he knows that Spider-Man is not who he always was. He knows that Spider-Man is controlled by Dr. Octopus. And he's sort of mad about this, that like another villain Got killed control of, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. He's, ma- he's mad. He and it, At so first he, he doesn't know it's Otto. He just knows that it's somebody. Well, he gets the journal. When he gets Carly, he reads Carly's evidence and figures it all out. And at first he's not super mad about it. He's just sort of like, oh, okay. I'm going to take advantage of this because you're not a good enough hero. But he sort of gets mad about it as he thinks about it. Like It's, you know, you defeated my my nemesis. He looks at he looks at Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man's number two, which is probably right, uh, and hates that that's the one that defeated Spider-Man. 
Yes. Uh, what else do we have going on in this arc? Uh, there's So now that the Peter remnant is active in his brain, there's sort of a subplot of both Peter and Otto delving into their own memories now and then. I think it's just Spider-Man. Just Peter? Delving into Otto's memories. Okay. Peter so- delves into, because he's, there's, whenever Otto tries to think about things, he's worried that he will notice that Peter Parker is back in his brain and erase them again. So he has kind of hides in Otto's memories. Yeah. Cause there's more memories there. It's easier to hide, but there's so little Peter Parker in him. He's sort of consumed by the Otto memories. Yeah. They're, they're affecting him. Yeah. They're, it's taking him for a ride. He's basically just reliving Otto's life, whether he wants to or not. So that means we, the reader learn about Otto's life and his abuse being abused as a child. And yeah, being a prodigy and stuff. J. Jonah Jameson is building Spider Slayer robots <laughs> uh, again because uh, Spider-Man's been blackmailing him. And right, he's and he's this. Yeah, he's going to use this Goblin War to basically get out from under Spider-Man's thumb. He thinks. Uh, Mary Jane kind of uh, has a moment of being sort of, kind of, not relegated to the helpless ex-girlfriend role. She and her firefighter boyfriend, Ollie, kind of, she's got web shooters that Peter gave her. She kind of enters the fight a little bit. Yeah. She's being a little more proactive. She knows what's going on. She knows how to handle herself in one of these situations where a villain takes over the city. Yeah. Uh, She's been in enough of them. Yeah, she's kind of comfy. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I know this. Yeah. All right. Plan B. At some point, the Green Goblin basically kicks his plan into high gear, basically does what villains do, and he kind of hits Otto at the things Otto cares about. But he sort of isn't sure what Otto cares about, so he's sort of just like anything with an, uh, a Dr. Octopus connection, he sort of goes after. So he like blows up the home Dr. Octopus grew up in. I don't know if Dr. Octopus cares about that. Right. But it's like, hey, he might. So I'm he gonna blows blow that up, up the lab where he got his powers. Yeah, the uh, it's the Atomic Research Center. That's yeah. What it, it, there's no name to that. Yeah, that's uh, back in the Marvel Comics days when uh, just everything was atomic. But he also blows up like things that he is heroic moments he's had as Spider-Man, like where he saved everyone from massacre. He blows up the people who work there. Yeah. D- does he go after Peter's stuff also? Because he's going after... No. no. I don't think he does. He doesn't go after Aunt May or Mary Jane. They get out of town anyway, but yeah. it doesn't seem like he was looking for them. They're just... They're just victims because the whole city is being victimized. I mean, from Mary Jane's point of view, she doesn't know it's Dr. Octopus. She's like, Spider-Man's in danger. We got to get out of here. And Dr. Octopus isn't quite sure how much at risk they are either. Yeah. So he's like, you guys should get out of here. But Goblin seems to be targeting Dr. Octopus specific things. It's funny how much the living brain has become a part of this story. Like the old, <laughs> the old doofy villain from Tribute to Teenagers number eight or whatever that was. Yeah. Has become his right hand man, his sort of Jarvis mm-hmm. robot servant. And he like rode, he like had to escape his lair because the goblin army attacked the spider lair. Yeah. The former raft prison. And he like rides on top of living robot like a boat. Have um, we mentioned, uh, uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I just think it's funny. Like, it just, I don't know, every time I see Living Brain, it like, it funifies the situation to me. It's yeah. like, just Living always... Brain is a very fun addition. Yeah. But I don't know if we mentioned there's Parker Industries now. Uh, oh, we have not mentioned that. So successful that he has built a huge company uh, to, to, to rival Stark Industries, Parker Industries, like some sort of vague comic booky tech firm. Uh, that Peter Parker is in charge of, uh, which is also just crazy. So he had like Peter Parker is very successful now 
And he's kind of using that lab to also further his Spider-Man tech more. But he's, you know, he's having trouble running that and also fighting the Goblin Army. So things are not going well. Uh, near the end of issue 29, and, and I hope I'm not jumping past anything you want to talk about, Will. Nope, it's okay. Um, the Green Goblin basically says, I've kidnapped one of your colleagues and I'm going to kill them. And he's like, oh, it's Anna. He's going to kill the woman I love. And yeah. he goes to save her, but it's uh, it's it's Lamaze, the his teacher slash former classmate that he, he hates, dis- dislikes strongly. Yeah. He doesn't care about saving this guy that much. And Goblin sort of disappointed. He's like, oh, you don't care about this guy? Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to find somebody else. You do. I, he's like, I've seen you save him. And Spider-Man did save him uh, when he was, when uh, uh, this guy, Lamaze, was with Anna once before. So yeah. he did save him, but he doesn't actually care about this person. Well, he was really trying but, to save Anna because Anna yeah. and this guy were in danger. And he was super motivated to save Anna, his true love. Yeah. So he saved both of them. Yeah. And, and Goblin just picked the wrong one. From that yeah. pair that meant more because I, which makes sense. Like this is your former classmate. Yeah. You've had a long history with this guy. So it's very fun that Goblin picks wrong. It's like Goblin's just sort of guessing. He's like, I don't know what matters to you. <laughs> and then kind of leaves Spider-Man fighting his own mechanical arms. And Lamaze saves Spider-Man's life by taking a, a stab uh, that was meant for Spider-Man. Lamaze dies a hero, saving Spider-Man's life. We've seen Lamaze be kind of a rat, right? We've seen him be yeah. like an insecure, angry person. In the moment where Spidey Otto saves him and Anna Marcona, he like flees the scene, leaving Anna to die. I think he pushes her down even in a classic villainish get out yeah, of my way. Yeah, pushes her down to save himself. Yeah. And so it I turns don't... out that has been haunting him, and he wanted a moment to make up for that to himself. Yeah. And he does have an ego. I mean, one of the reasons he and Otto butt heads so much is they both are full of themselves. Yeah. So like he did want to, he did want to stop Peter Parker from getting his PhD because he didn't like this cocky student, even though he was smart. He's like, Hey, you're not smarter than me. Right. Right. They both are thinking about each other and it's like, well, that's not healthy on either side. (laughs) Right. Right. But anyway, Lamaz, yeah. Dies saving Spider-Man. Yeah. Does he's protecting Spidey Otto. And this issue ends with the Spider Slayers getting hacked by Green Goblin and holding the Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099 hostage. Right. So Goblin is really, dude, he's doing great. Yeah, he's having no problem so far. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go a little slower through issue 30 and, and maybe a little uh, somewhere in between through issue 31. So let's take a, a break. I concur. Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, We might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks. In advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back to talk about issue 30 and 31. The artist for this last arc, by the way, is uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli. He's done a few other arcs earlier. I really love his art. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, There's something about it. I I don't quite know how to describe what I like about it, but it's a... It stands out and it looks very cool. It's very stylish. It's very clear. 
he is a good Spider-Man artist in my mind. It's also the scripting is by Christos Gage for a number of these stories, uh, who's scripted a lot. Of, he's helped Dan Slott with a lot of these storylines. I think when Dan Slott gets way down by deadlines, uh, Gage comes in and helps him out. These guys sort of are very simpatico writers. Um, and I think Gage is a great writer in his own right, of the books he's done on his own. But I, the issues they do together are great. So this issue is fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, again, this is the final, the, the, well, the, the penultimate issue. Yeah. And it's the emotional climax of Otto's story. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of this issue, like we said, things are bad for Spidey Otto. Yeah. Uh, the Goblin for a month has been running riot over New York and done very well. Goblin knows that Spider-Man is really Otto Octavius and is putting the screws to him every way he can emotionally. Mm-hmm. The Slayer robots, which were turned into Goblin robots, have been hijacked by Goblin and are being used to fight Otto directly. Yep. His lair has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Bad times. Yeah, Spider-Man's been, uh, he's quit the Avengers. He um, he doesn't have friends or colleagues, people to help him. It is one of these things where a shared universe hurts. Like, I liked him quitting the Avengers. I think that was a fun storyline. But it's also like, the Avengers couldn't handle this. Yeah. Like they mostly show the Avengers like fighting fires and and saving people. And it's like, I'm sure they would do that. But also they got to be able to take down Green Goblin. Yeah. But for the story, we need it to be Otto versus Goblin. So the Avengers kind of have to be sort of dealt with. So we're there. They're like fighting the whole city's problems. Yeah. And they eventually fight the bots, right? The the Goblin bots get turned on the Avengers and that's supposed to be occupying them. Yeah. I mean, they're just fighting whatever things in the background we just want them off to the side yeah it's it's one of the reasons i don't love a shared universe is because you have to keep you have to do that bookkeeping yeah and and it's just sort of like i wish you didn't have to worry about it i wish you didn't have to say like and why doesn't thor just defeat everybody instantly the same thing like in a dc universe it's like couldn't superman fly over and just take that guy out for batman and then fly back to metropolis it would take a minute yeah. <laughs> um, and you have to sort of, if, if it's that easy, you have to make an excuse sometimes. And it's like, yeah. oh, FF or off planet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the Avengers are uh, occupied. So we're getting set up just for an auto V goblin mono mono thing. Mm-hmm. So he, 20, Spider-Man 2099 is also here. I forget how. Yeah. And is uh, help is maybe his only ally right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Spider-Man 2099 is, is a good guy. He knew about these robots and he had, since he works for the company that built them, he thought he had built a backdoor uh, thing to stop them from hurting Spider-Man, but it didn't work. Osborne had, uh, it doesn't, uh, uh, Osborne outsmarted him is what it seems like. The very end of the storyline, it's revealed that Liz has been working with Norman so that Norman had like inside knowledge of these robots. So that's, yeah. Why it's Spider-Man. So he has equal inside knowledge of Spider-Man 2099. So they both sort of had backdoors to each other. But uh, the important part here is Spider-Man 2099 tried to help Spider-Man. Otto has shown up to fight these robots. But then Norman tells Otto that he has Anna. Right. This is the final screw to turn, which is his true love. Maybe the only person Otto truly cares about. And I don't think Goblin knows that... I think he just thinks this is somebody you saved. Right. He doesn't know how big a fish he's pulled here. But it's the one. It's the one thing that's going to make Otto do Do whatever it takes. Yeah. This is more important to him than his ego, than his PhD. He'll he'll do anything to save Anna. 
And he basically says, like, look, if you stay here, if you just leave 2099 to fight all these robots, he'll probably lose. And you can come get Anna from me. Uh, otherwise, I'll kill her. Yeah. And Otto leaves immediately. Yeah. Doesn't care about 2099, really. Doesn't care about the robots winning. Anna is a priority over everything. That's right. It is kind of weird, right? Like, it's sort of, it's so parallel to a hero's story. Like this feels like something that would happen to Superman. Like he finds out that Lois Lane is in danger mm-hmm. and that becomes everything. Yeah. You know, for the original Lee Ditko run of Spidey, when he finds out that Aunt May is dying and he's got to get medicine to save her, that is the ultimate motivator. Yeah. For the but big think, climactic story in the Ditko run. And I think that's why when, well, I think Dan Slott's using this to highlight how Otto is different because Spider-Man wouldn't leave, walk away from someone who's about to die. He would do it all. May, he would he would be like, I got to do it both. I can't just do one. But Otto instantly abandons the one yeah. choice. Uh, I mean, it's one of the issues people had with like Zack Snyder's Superman movies. It's like, oh, he get put he got put into a corner where he had to kill these guys. He had to kill Zod. He had yeah. no choice. And a lot of people, and I'm in this camp, sort of like Superman finds a way. Yeah, that's his deal. He, he doesn't get put into that corner. You can't put him into that corner. He's Superman. And yeah. that's true of the great heroes, Spider-Man, the thing. You know, these guys don't let the villains dictate the terms. But Otto is not Peter Parker, so he lets <laughs> he lets this term get dictated. And he races off to... He Save also Anna. hasn't cared about people, so he doesn't understand this feeling, probably. He's like, he can't imagine life without her. He's going to save her. Uh, and it is still have the same effect as it does... Like the the stakes are ratcheted up instantly. Like knowing that Superior Spider Man knows about Anna being in danger makes you the reader be like, oh, he's gonna rip everything up. Yeah, he will be like a living dreadnought, just like Spider Man was back in issue thirty two, Man on a Rampage. Mm-hmm. A couple other subplots are happening here. J- Mayor J Jonah Jameson is undergoing bad times. People are, have all kinds of questions about him. Like he's basically been being blackmailed by Spidey Otto. He's yeah. got these robots that he just kind of unleashed on the city that were that are all of a sudden being used against them. So things are closing in for, on Mayor JJJ. Yeah. Um, the next page we deal with is the Mindscape. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, which is Peter's been reliving all of Otto's memories. He's just gotten to the point in Otto's life where Otto has taken over Spider-Man. So there's this fun image of Spider-Man uh, saying, I, Otto Octavius and Spider-Man, but behind him is the ghost of Otto. And behind that is the ghost of Peter Parker. Yeah. So he's sort of he's, catching up. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the ghost of the ghost of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. And so then we see J. Jonah see, Jameson having to deal with the fallout of the robots. Do we? Where's that? Two pages after the Mindscape. Uh, oh yeah there all right uh we see the avengers yes we see otto trying to blame alchemax but alchemax has things that jameson signed saying no i want to do this no matter what jjj tries to blame alchemax and then alchemax which is being run by liz allen another former high school classmate of peter parker yeah has documentation Hmm? midtown Uh, Midtown High. high really has an impact on new york city new york city yeah not just Midtown High. The Midtown High class of like 1964 was like you got Agent Venom, you got a you got a head of Alchemax, you got Spider Man. Yeah, that's just those three alone. That's the Living lot. Brain. <laughs> living Brain. That's right. Yeah, he's sort of an alumni of uh, Midtown High. He was there. Yep. Um, and Liz Allen's an interesting one. She is sort of like front facing a good guy, but 
in the background is uh, protecting her son, the heir to the goblin power. Yeah, and as I said, it's revealed at the very end of this uh, of issue thirty one that like she has been working with Norman to yeah. do this sort of stuff. So she's got some evil uh, plans of her own that I don't know if they're ever fully clear. Maybe they become clear in the twenty ninety nine series. I forget where, um, but that's also going on. So uh, not super important to this storyline. No, seeding no. future stuff. Dance lot won't let a big ending stop him from seeding what comes next. Um, then we see we now. So after all this, we take a visit with Spidey Otto, and he is realizing that he is becoming outmatched, and he starts wondering what would Peter do. Yeah, because he realizes spider- this is the kind of situation that Spider Man would be in and would succeed at. He's like, my spider bots are no help. I have no armies, no allies. I'm alone in this. Damn it. What would Parker do? Because, uh, he, yeah, he's smart enough to realize that this is the kind of situation that I would see from the outside Spider-Man succeed in. So let me try to think. But he's erased all his memories. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. he's not able to access that. He Yeah. He gets attacked now by uh, Menace, who's one of the many goblin-y type characters. Mm-hmm. Um. And he doesn't want to fight Menace. He just wants to find Anna, but he doesn't know where Anna is anyway. So he chases after Menace into the subway tunnels. And then we get a big Peter moment. Yeah. Uh, we go back to Peter in the mindscape. And now he's at the point where Otto has killed his old body that has Peter Parker's brain in it. <laughs> Such a complicated <laughs> idea. Yeah. And he's reliving Peter, that memory. And Peter is saying... Uh, 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 my life is flashing before my eyes and I'm giving you a ringside seat and starts shooting his memories into Otto's brain. And Otto says, stop, I don't want this. But the ghost of Peter says, I do. And this is his sort of loophole to rebuild his personality. Yeah. So Otto has this memory of being shot with Peter's memories that he sort of fought off, but this Peter is just accepting it full force. And there's like this full page spread of him remembering his life. Yeah, they use it's kind of a cool thing. Like, first of all, there's this drawing of Spidey, but with the original Peter Parker, the actual Peter Parker. And he's got kind of an angelic good expression on, yeah. as opposed to the constant snarl that <laughs> Peter yeah. Otto always has. Yeah. And surrounding him are is a web of comic book panels, and it's the original art of yeah. like big moments in Spidey's history. So it's kind of like a fun little Easter egg as a fan to kind of like look at all these panels and be like, oh yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah, there's some McFarlane art and John Romita Jr. art, some Ditko art. It's really nice. Romita Sr. art. It's really nice. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun when a longtime character gets to do something like that. Yeah, he has a little speech here. Um, every triumph, every tragedy, the heartache and the joy, family, friends, the adventures of it all and the fun. My God, there was so much fun. It's always nice when Spider uh, Peter Parker is joyful, likes being Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many heroes like the part of their deal is being burdened by the, you know, Batman is always so grim and you know whatever. Yeah. But Spidey's usually happy. Yeah, I mean, he does look at the Spider Man thing as a curse sometimes, but there's also times when he enjoys it, and I and I like that part a lot. Yeah, I kind of think that's Stan Lee's legacy in a way. Like Ditko was the drama and the pathos and Lee was the, no matter what, this is fun. Like he himself was kind of irrepressibly a mischievous jokester who maybe had trouble committing to things emotionally. Yeah. In a weird way, this is, this is the best legacy of the crazy Stan Lee uh, 
uh, corniness, I think. Yeah. All the times when, um, yeah. So I think all those times when Spider Peter Parker's weighed down by his life uh, and goes web slinging to sort of escape it. That's sort of the uh, Sp- Spider-Man having fun. You know, it's like, this is where I feel free and, and, yeah. and released. Anyway, that's happening it, here. It's an important part of the Spidey stew. Yeah. So he's got his memories back. He's Spider-Man. He's happy to be Spider-Man, uh, but he's still, you know, trapped in Otto's brain. Yeah. But now we know that all of his memories are back. So we have a full ghost Peter again. Yeah. So, um, so then we cut back to Otto fighting menace in the subway tunnels. Yeah. And he sees Anna, right? He sees who he thinks is Anna tied to the tracks. Um, with, his, with an oncoming train. And when the light hits it, it's not Anna. It's Amy Chen, who is this little girl that he Saved. helped perform surgery on. And she gave like a doll to him. Yeah. Uh, one of his early, very positive, like he saved this girl. Not, no, no real evil intentions. No, no, behind no it. qualifying at all. He felt bad for her and used his auto tech to save her. Yeah, and now she's about to be run over by a train. And he thinks to himself when he sees her, if I miss, if I'm hit, there'll be no one to save Anna Maria. What should I? Like, he's not sure if he should try to save this child. Yeah, because Anna's his priority. But Ghost Peter has now been fully activated and uses his, like, ghost influence to, and says, jump. Right. And Spidey does jump and does save Amy Chen. Yep, he saves her. Uh, and Goblin's sort of surprised. He's sort of seen Otto second-guessing himself throughout this. Uh, and some of this, I would say, Dan Slott's maybe hitting this too much on the nose, but it's still really fun. I, I was glad he did it, actually, because um, it's so confusing with, like, <laughs> Ghost Peter and Spidey Otto and, like, I, I personally, I, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. I like information-dense stories. I, I mm-hmm. needed it to be underlined here. And I yeah, you think- read... You read the uh, uh, the full highlights, not the highlights for younger children. I don't get that highlights abridged. Give me the full highlights. Yeah. I can take it. Um, I want all the hidden pictures. Don't <laughs> don't don't leave out any of Goofus and Gallant's adventures. I want them all. Yeah, give them the raw Gallant and the raw <laughs> Goofus. Uh, yeah. So Otto says to himself, "Oh well," or says on his speaker, "Oh well done. That's one for you, Otto. One right move today." Amid all the failures, but remember, the other little darling is still in play. Uh, and so now Otto is kind of aware of Ghost Peter, and they kind of have a conversation in their mind. Yeah, uh, you screwed up, Otto. When there's time, you weigh options. When there's not, you act, and you always do the right thing, even if it means giving up the advantage, like I just did. You know I'm here now, and I know what that means. Round two. Well, bring it. I'm ready this time. So Peter's basically saying, like, you can't. Protect. You can't worry about protecting yourself to not save somebody. Just like I didn't. I could have stayed quiet and let this kid die, and that gives me a better chance to defeat you. But I revealed myself to you to save this child. You need to put yourself at risk to save this child. And it's showing the one way in which Otto is not superior to Peter is he thinks too much. Yeah, and Peter just, when something is the right thing, he just does it. Or if he believes something is the right thing. He does it. Uh, and Otto starts kind of responding to this stuff. We're not quite sure what he's thinking. But when Peter says, I'm ready this time, Otto responds, yes, you are. And it could be like, oh, Peter means I'm ready to fight you. But Otto is probably saying, you are ready to fight anything. 
yeah, you are better than me in this in this circumstance. So we have a little we have a little uh, sequence of Spidey Otto swinging around with Ghost Peter fully active, and now Ghost Peter is getting through Otto's eyes a glimpse of the state of things. The city yeah. is overrun. He's learning about Parker Industries, which he <laughs> yes. has not not heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's just kind of like, oh my God, you've this is you've screwed up so badly. Everything is so bad right now. But Otto maybe doesn't disagree with him. Yeah, Otto says, uh, has this big speech. He goes, I'm arrogant, yes. But it's because I know underneath it that I'm not the best. I'm flawed, so I overcompensate. Um, which is interesting. It's a big thing for him to reveal. Mm-hmm. Then he sort of kind of gives an armchair therapy to uh, Peter. Uh, you, you're guilt-ridden because deep down you know you were smarter than others, better. But it came at a painful price, so you sabotage yourself. That won't happen today. You said it yourself. When lives are at stake, you don't hesitate. Today you will own up to it. Today you must accept that you are superior, the superior hero. That is what, what we all need, that and nothing less. So like this page is maybe reveals what is good about Dan Slot, which is like, it's not just surface level superhero powers facing off because they seem cool. You know, it's not just like fireman mm-hmm. versus water woman or something. Ooh, you're sold. <laughs> so he, he, he's able to find deeper emotional themes and stuff that are moving to the reader. Like Otto admitting his flaws is kind of moving in a way and he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and when he, when he, analyzes Peter that Peter sabotages himself because of his guilt that that's maybe bad. Well, we've seen that we've seen him doubt himself and let his guilt and self-sabotaging hurt him in the short term. We've seen that happen many times in Spidey stories. That's kind of part of his deal. He feels guilty and Spider-Man no more. And like, you know, gets frustrated sometimes. I think early in this issue, uh, Green Goblin says something like the other guy would let a hangnail become a tragedy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Dan, you know, I, one of the many things that makes him such an excellent writer I, I've learned is revealed right here. He he really figures out the essence of the characters emotionally that makes them tick. And of course, that's what made Marvel so much better than the other companies when in, during their uh, 60s period. And it's what's been driving this whole storyline. It's also interesting because Otto is sort of like he's an anti-hero in the sense of like he's a hero that you shouldn't root for at all. Yeah. He's sort of a bad guy. But in this moment, I feel bad for him. Like this guy who's just sort of like, oh, you're better than me, which is not like this. I don't know. If, if someone says, I don't know, if a basketball player goes, oh, LeBron James is a better basketball player than me. I'm not like, oh, that's so hard for you. But yeah. in this moment, I know how hard it is for Otto to say, you're a better hero than me. Well, it's a, it's a huge moment. And it is such fun storytelling because something has come up Anna's safety that is more important to him than his own pride like yeah whatever the best solution is to save Anna is the one and he's realizing that the best solution is Peter to save her yeah and that uh, that this... matters more to him than him being the superior Spider-Man it was it kind of I gotta say caught me by surprise like I also felt moved to see him like set aside what had been his primary thing is pride when I think about this run I think about two things. I think about the first issue, 698, which I think is really fun. When yeah. we find out Otto is Spider-Man. And then I think about this this next few pages of Otto basically he being a hero. 
Uh, being a hero, uh, not like in a small sense, but in a, a self, I'll sacrifice myself to save everyone. He, he, I mean, he's only doing it for Anna. He doesn't, he won't do it for anybody else, but like he is being, Otto is being heroic here or he's yeah. about to be. And you know, it's interesting about these big story moments, like master planner, lifting the big metal thing off him, kid who collects Spider-Man, you know, when he has the heart to heart with the kid, uh, this moment, um, they sneak up on you kind of, you know what I mean? Like in a way this has been building for 30 issues. We know, we know that Peter's coming back somehow. Yeah. It's not all fans and the fans are giving Dan death threats. Don't know it. <laughs> right. But the, we as uh, not reasonable idiots, human beings. Yeah. Know that um, eventually Peter Parker will be back, but you don't know how it's going to happen. And so mm-hmm. here you can see that Dan has laid the pieces, basically the almost losing Amy Chen and then Ghost Peter being the one to save her is the final piece that convinces Otto, I can't yeah. do this. Peter can. It's like you go to the movies to see Mission Impossible. You don't think Tom Cruise is going to die, really. His right. character is going to win and save the day. But you have to put yourself in a position where you believe uh, he could lose so that those moments when he overcomes it are really great. And this is one of those moments where Peter is in innate heroicness is overcoming Otto's ego and changing his ego a little bit. And so Otto is leading Peter into Parker Industries. Ghost Peter doesn't know why. Everybody at Parker Industries hates Otto because he's been this sort of deadbeat dad of the operation and has been, it just everybody hates him. I mean, he's so rude even in this moment. He goes to his partner who didn't like Peter Parker, I believe, to begin with, but really doesn't like Otto Peter. Uh, and Spider-Man says to her, silence, Miss Jaffrey. I have no time for you now, even in this moment. Yeah, he's just a complete jerk. And she's like, hey, that's Peter's lab. You just can't go. Shut up. Peter's like, ghost Peter, my lab? <laughs> yeah. So he like closes the door, locks the door, uh, tells the living brain, robot, ready the chair. It'll be entering the mindscape, which is no, where no comment. To- no comment from ghost Peter as to why the living brain is here, which I kind of wish there was like, wait, what is this guy I doing? I think he's seen the living brain though before because the living brain was there when he got erased. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's, that's old right. news. That's old news to Peter, ghost Peter. That's right. That's right. He was there when the living brain first got uh, used as a servant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Otto was putting on his little mind helmet, and Peter says to him, just so you know, Otto, this is some kind of trap. I'm ready for anything. And what a great response from Otto. I believe you. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, this is an extremely satisfying moment of the yeah. story. Like, I, you know, I already thought Dan Slott was great. I'm loving all these issues, even the, even the ones that you said were kind of overstaying their welcome, like the 2099 arc, the Venom arc, really fun stories what a satisfying payoff we get here yeah I, there's a lot of fun lines like there's well crafted i don't know how much of this is slot how much is gauge but that's very fun in the sense of like i'm ready for anything i believe you that's why i'm doing this is what does he mean he's doing this because he knows you're ready for anything and he needs to erase you now is he saying it for another we know yeah, is it a threat is it what's yeah. happening but we kind of know where this is going this is the yeah. end of auto Peter Parker is ready for anything. That's why we, that's why he's better. And that's why I'm doing this is what he's really saying, but it, it doesn't, it's surface level. You're not hundred percent sure. I mean, it's made very clear very quickly, but those lines work really well because of that sort of, what is Otto saying here? Then we have another two page spread of Otto erasing his own memories, his Octavius memories. Yeah, so we've seen this turn the other way. We've seen Peter's memories get erased. But now Otto is basically committing suicide to make yeah. room for Peter so Peter can save Anna. 
Yeah, he doesn't want a Peter that is part Dr. Octopus. He needs a pure 100% Peter Parker to save the day. So he erases his childhood. He erases uh, all the fights they had together. And, and then he erases himself as a hero. The, the, the good stuff, even the good stuff that Otto has done is erased. And he's crying, right? Peter Otto is crying. Finally, yeah. what I've held on to so passionately, but it must go as well. My Anna Maria. And he basically reveals to Ghost Peter his love. Yeah. Uh, it is so, I got to say, it really worked on me. Like, uh, even looking at this now, it's like, I mean, it's so funny to be moved by a comic book story because then you find yourself tearing up about Otto giving up his possession of Spider-Man's body yeah, yeah, yeah. in a like mind helmet. But uh, it's true. I feel for Otto deeper than I ever have. But he even, and he even gives up his love, right? He's like, I love this person and I can't anymore. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm not going to feel it because I'm going to be gone. I have to erase these memories. Yeah. So he erases his love of her and erases himself, leaving just Peter Parker there, standing there. And then like, we kind of come back to the lab and Peter Parker like wipes away this tear and looks at it. It's like not his own tear. It's very interesting. It came from his body, but he didn't cry it. And then we have a classic dramatic suiting up. Oh man, love it. Yeah, Spend that's four more pages on this. <laughs> that's catnip for Kevin Hines. Four more pages. <laughs> uh, yeah, he opens up his closet. He gets out of suit. Kevin, we saw your outline for the um, superhero story. There's yeah. four pages of putting on the costume. Yeah, in I kept dramatic it brief. Sense. I kept it brief. I kept it brief. I, I've gotten your notes in the past, so not a full issue of dressing. <laughs> and then the final panel of the issue is Peter in his old classic Spidey Ditko costume muscles flex saying my turn and we know yeah. what's going to happen. He's going to rip this shit up. And this, I mean, like this is a great drive. Kelly. He draws like a little bit of wrinkles. This is a skin tight outfit, but it, it's not like painted on mm-hmm. it, it. There's some outfit to it. It looks really cool. The lighting is really dramatic. It's really cool. Uh, it's, I, I would say this, uh, his art is both cinematic, but emotional, right? It's like, it's, it, there's a lot of detail to, it's not minimalist. Like, Mazzuchelli or Darwin Cook or something, yeah. it is involved, but he doesn't sacrifice any emotion. There's tons of feelings. For this 31 issue's got basically three artists and they're all great artists. And yeah. I, I got to imagine they knew this was important to have good artists throughout. They couldn't have like a fill-in issue with sort of a half artist in here. Well, for, we've we've met Jordan White and Tom Brevoort. And I would say that just from those meetings, the guys working at Marvel Comics they love it. You know, they're taking mm-hmm. care of these stories because they love them. And it's evidenced in this. Like, this this is in the hands of people who adore it. This last issue is kind of just like fun time, Peter beating the holy crap out of every bad guy and fixing everything the best you can in one issue. Not all of it's going to be fixed now, but like, uh, it's really fun, right? This the the payoff of Peter yeah, the payoff. This so this is the, the last issue is just sort of the Peter Parker versus Green Goblin stuff, and it is it's a blast. It's it, the emotional part is this auto killing himself, but this is very fun. So let's briefly just kind of talk about what happens in this issue because I think it's there's a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, because we've been waiting for this the whole time for Peter to be back. He's back doing what he does best, which is fixing New York City. Right. So. Uh, the beginning of the issue lays out the stakes, right? Goblin is holding up Anna Maria at the top of a building and threatening her. She, she's kind of the emotional prize for us, the reader. We want Anna to be safe, right? Like 
This yeah. is what Otto sacrificed everything for. We also, Anna's great. Like we love Anna. Like she loves Otto so truly. Um, she's charmed she's a him. Very good person. She is, she has no evil in her. And we, we also want her saved. I mean, she made Otto a better person. Right. So we want everything to be safe, but Anna is the big emotional prize here. And so we open up the issue by seeing her in danger with, with Goblin wielding her. I mean, what a, Anna Marconi, I, I, I'm obsessed with her. Like after I finished this issue, like I read about her on Wikipedia and I want more, like I want more yeah. Anna, like what a terrific character. What a great story. Yeah, she's very interesting after this, too, uh, in the rest of Slotra, and she does not go away. She stays a big part of it, and I think she's a great addition to his supporting cast. I hope she sticks around for the long term. I don't believe she's in the current writer's uh, uh, writing, but I, I hope that we're not – I hope we have not seen the last of her. Well, a great character has been wrought by this series, and it's Anna Marconi. Um, I think it's it's rare when a great supporting cast members are created. It's true. I mean, look, look, how, look, how, look how many supporting characters in the Spider-Man universe just in this story are from Ditko time. Yeah. Flash Thompson, Liz Allen. I mean, they're, they're weird evolved versions of them, but yeah. how, how rare is a new chess piece added to the board? We got one. Yeah, I mean, Carly Cooper's still around. That's nice. Yeah, Watanabe, the Wraith. There are you know, a few. A, a major one. I mean, yeah. a major one to where, like, if Kevin, if you told me, oh, there's a good Anna Marcona story out, I'm getting it. Like, I yeah. got to see it. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man now has to apologize to his co-president of his <laughs> in his company that he started because he was so rude to her a moment ago. Yeah. And um, he kind of has too much to deal with in terms of bad guys wrecking stuff to totally tend to personal relationships. But a quick apology. Car- Carly's back to normal or normal-ish. Yeah, she's mostly normal. He has to talk to her and basically say, like, I am Peter Parker again. <laughs> Before he does that, I, li- I like this little moment where um, the co- what's her name? The the colleague is Sanji. Oh gosh, I don't I don't know her. Uh, name. I don't know her name either. Uh, but the one the other her and Anna were basically running Parker Industries. Yes, and and she's and she's kind of really doesn't like Peter or Otto. So yeah. Peter now in his spider body is like, okay, do you know anything about this goblin serum? I need help to fix this. And the and this woman who is running Parker Industries says. Two or three doses is what it takes, but curing doesn't sound like you. Sure, you wouldn't rather shoot them in the face or beat them half to death on webcam, uh, which is what Spidey Auto would do. Peter kind of lets that bounce off him. What can I say? I woke up feeling like a new man. And I got to say, like, right away, it's like, oh, this is Peter's voice. Yeah, He's funnier. He is a good person. I mean... The very, very first issue of the story, we see Spidey not talking like Spidey to the point where you were saying when you first read it, you're like, oh, Dan Slott is not voicing Peter correctly. We find out later it's because it's Otto. Yeah. But, yeah and, he, and here again, uh, Slott shows his command of Peter's personality. Yeah, I had a brief moment reading that issue where I thought Dan Slott just had like an off issue uh, that he had done a bad job. And like, yeah, it's back here and full force. Uh, it's yeah, he's not going to sit down and explain why he's talking different because like that is too much to unpack. Uh, he has to tell Carly because she knows who he is and, and he can really cut to the chase with her. Yeah, because he had a moment in Otto's body confiding to her and he can refer back to that. Yeah, so he, can, he can quickly convince her and she is convinced. And she knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man that helps him really talk to her about some things. She hugs him. Oh, it is you. Oh, thank God. 
And then she's like, your life's about to get very complicated. It's really funny. That's a very funny line, yeah. Or the, yeah, the, the line right before that, there's a girl in danger, Anna Maria Marconi, Parker's girlfriend. I mean, Otto's, when he was me, she's like, wow, your life's about to get very complicated. <laughs> yeah. It is so funny. So now we see him in the city. He's got Now he's got some knowledge about how to cure goblinism, I guess. Yeah. We see him uh, swinging around. Uh, we see Aunt, now we, we cut to Aunt May with um, JJJ Sr. <laughs> yeah. Mary Jane and her firefighter boyfriend, Ollie. Yeah. Uh, they're up in Connecticut kind of wondering what to do. We're sort of, we're sort of like the camera's like panning around to all the pieces now. Yeah. Previously, Otto had just talked to Mary Jane. He's like, just deal with, make sure Aunt May's safe. I don't have time to talk to her. And he's like, can I talk to my, my son, basically, Peter Parker? Yeah. He wouldn't talk to her. But now Peter's first thing. First thing he call does. Aunt May, partially for her, but partially for him. He wants to yeah. hear her voice. It's and really it, sweet. You got to imagine like, I, want, I just want her. I want to hear. I want to know. I know she's okay, but I need to hear it. That will give me yeah. more strength. It's really great. Uh, I'm a sucker for it. I'm Peter. Oh, Peter, so Peter being soft on Aunt May. I never get tired of it. It's his humanity. I love it. And I yeah. love this. I mean, Peter's back. This is this is Peter. Then we cut to Mayor Jameson's office. I mean, yeah. even in high drama, he makes me laugh. Just the He's funniest so character. Funny. Yeah. I um, mean, he ruined he ruined his career is ruined in such a mostly his own fault way. It is so funny. He is in the spectrum of villains. There are people way, way, way worse than JJJ, but he's yeah. always bad enough that it's fun to see him get his comeuppance. And Dancel does a good job with him too, like in the sense that, uh, uh, I mean, Titko and Lee, I don't think knew what they were getting into, but like sometimes Lee and Titko would make him too evil, right? Like, so with, like with Spider Slayer, going. like with Smythe, it was crazy that he Spider Slayers and Scorpion. Yeah, uh, it's just like this guy should be in jail for sure. <laughs> right. And here it's like, well, he built robots to stop a guy with an army in a city. It he was intending on doing sense. the right thing. Uh, he was yeah. held. He was blackmailed by Spidey Otto. Yeah, but uh, even here, it's sweet. He's, we see the picture of his wife on yeah. the floor, looking at him, kind of as his conscience. Yeah, he has not done what she would want. Yeah, he, he's ashamed. And then there's Alchemax, where we have. Uh, Tyler Stone, right? Yeah. Um, beginning his the his arc of being a villain, which will pay off eventually in the 2099 story that was done in the early 90s. Well, his I think this is his grand, the father of the villain. So it right, doesn't but, matter. But it ties to that. It's like we yeah. see Alchemax beginning its rise as an evil yeah. corporation. Um, and and uh, Spider-Man then goes and saves Spider-Man 2099. Who was uh, abandoned by Spidey Otto. Or I guess maybe, or yeah, it's like one robot left and Spider-Man takes it down. It seems like 2099 probably would have been okay, but. But he was spent. Yeah. And so really this is just like Peter Spidey telling 2099, it's me, like I'm back. Yeah. Another funny moment. He goes, I was brain swapped at Doc Ock, so I don't know what's been happening, but I'm off to fight the Green Goblin. I could have used some help. Old buddy, old pal, like he knows. Then there's like an ellipse of pause while this guy processes it. And then Spidey 29 goes, yeah, that sounds just stupid enough to be right. Let's go. I mean, if you're a comic book character talking to another comic book character, and you're like, look, I got brain swapped with my villain, but now I'm back. It's easy to be like, "Eh, sounds, that checks out. (laughs) The old buddy, old pal makes me laugh just in that sense. He's like, I know this. Why would you help me? Yeah. I'm throwing this in. And the fact that 2099 goes, yeah, okay. (laughs) Right. He's also a solid good guy, so he's going to help. So now we got Spidey and Spidey 2099 ripping apart some goblin army. They're going to help out the Avengers. Now they're helping out the Avengers, who Spider-Man has also sort of quit and abandoned. 
And Cap reminds him of that. He goes, uh, I thought you quit the team. And Spider-Man goes, I did? <laughs> his kind of naivete is really funny in this. Like his good yeah. guy naivete, like his response is pretty sweet. Like that's even possible, Cap. You know what they say, once an Avenger, hold the fort. We spider guys are going to shut the sun at the source. And it just sounds like him, right? It's yeah. the good-hearted, happy, ebullient Peter Parker. And like maybe somehow that convinces the Avengers that this is the guy they've been missing. Yeah, they're also a little bit too busy to worry about it. As they're you a little said. too busy, but like there's a there's a moment they're like maybe whatever happened is fixed. We don't understand it, but there are <laughs> yeah. also guys who will I think accept the Doc Ock brain swap story. <laughs> yep, Spidey and Spidey twenty nine head over to Alchemax where we've got Tyler Stone's grandfather or whatever. And yeah. Peter's like, what happened to Oscorp? <laughs> he's <laughs> like, this new corporation has like risen up. I mean, he's been gone for. A couple months, not that long. The world has changed a lot very quickly to, in Peter Parker's mind. Like if I fell asleep and woke up two months later, I don't think there'd be that much to catch me up on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if we missed the last six months, there, there we'd be like, uh, podcast still happening? Yeah, nothing. Everything's the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny moment here where they're approaching the building and Spidey, Peter Spidey says, one thing at a time, we shut off the robot, stop Osborne, save the hostage. 29.9 goes, you sound pretty sure of yourself. Trust me, when it comes to stuff like this, I have a sixth, and then Menace breaks out and hits both of them. Pretty pretty yeah. great. Pretty great little moment. There's also a moment, I forget we missed it, where he basically just thinks, after what I've been through, I can handle this. Is what another thing he thinks to himself. He's like, True. the fact that I got out of what I was just in, this is nothing. Yeah, and in a way, it's true. Like, this, uh, this issue is so fun, and I love it. But it is anticlimactic. The big ending was last issue, was Otto making the sacrifice. Yeah. This, in a way, is like, oh, yeah, of course he's going to. Like, it's almost, almost boring. To, to go back to the last issue, it's also very cool that, like, it wasn't really Peter defeating Otto, right? It was Otto sacrificing himself. But there was a bit of, like, Peter showing Otto why he should sacrifice himself for Peter, so they both kind of had heroic moments in that last issue. It wasn't just Spider-Man defeating Otto, which wouldn't have felt that satisfying an end to this 31-issue run for Otto. And it wasn't just Otto being like, well, I, I'll bring Peter Parker back. I'll put him back in my brain, which wouldn't give Peter like anything heroic. You got both of them. It's it's pretty deftly handled. It's, it's super well done. So we see a menace versus Spidey guys fight. And the trump card here is he's got a cure for the goblin serum. Yeah, so he injects it into Menace. So she starts turning back into Lily Hollister, former girlfriend of Norman uh, Harry Osborne, for what it's worth. Great. So then we have a little, we have a little kind of face-off with Osborne, Team Osborne, basically. There's like yeah. Liz Allen and Normie Osborne and uh, Tyler Stone. Tyler Stone, the head of Alchemax, are kind of like, you know, are they the problem here? Like. Yeah, and they're claiming that Norman has forced them to do some stuff. Not true. We know that Liz Allen, or we find out that Liz Allen has been working with him uh, behind the scenes, but that might be true at this point. Uh, Tyler, I think it is not true. I think it is all a lie. It's just how much of a lie. Yeah. But anyway. the, as readers, we maybe could buy it a little bit, yeah. right, um, at this point. And now Tyler's got some little device to sonically aggravate Spidey, but Spidey 299 punches him out. It's kind of funny to see the Spidey guys helping each other out. Yeah, it's a, it's a, funny, spider, it's a spider sense jammer of some sort. Uh, 299 doesn't have spider sense, so. Um, so he's immune to it, so he punches the dude out. He's got slightly different powers. He's got like, he can bite people 
and give them poison. Ooh. He's got claws. Uh, Love it. Sort of has like more vision. Like he can sort of see around him a little bit better, but he uh, doesn't necessarily have a spider sense. So he's also got organic web shooters. He's more like the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I love it. Um, so we we kind of mop things up here. Right? We knock out Tyler. Uh, we sort of realize that these guys either are not threats or they don't seem to be immediate threats. And so, Peter, what do you think of this panel, Kevin, at the end? Uh, after this is tied up, Peter Spidey's heading out. And he goes, I'm good. My head's clear now. Trust me. It's clear that it's been in ages. I'm going after Goblin and the girl. That's what I do. You love it or too much? I love it all. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, there's, a, there's a few moments where people just, the, the lines that strike me as a tiny bit too much are when people go, normally you would do this, this, and this. And he goes, oh, I don't do that anymore. It's like, there's like three or four moments where someone points out what Otto would have done in this situation. Uh, it probably is necessary, but sometimes it just feels like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Anyway, but I do like the the heroic moments. I can't. I don't know if I can get enough of those. Um, next page, we get maybe one of the most fun moments in the whole comic. Yeah, uh, this issue that is it's also beautifully drawn. Goblin sort of flying overhead. Uh, Spider Man on the roof, covered in pumpkin bombs. Anna tied up. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, at the climax now, and he's basically like rubbing Otto's face. Well, who he thinks is Otto's face in it. He's like, the hero isn't one at all. In fact, he never was really, Otto. You're just embarrassing yourself with this charade. Granted, you never will were on my level. Uh, sorry, granted, you were never on my level, but being a bad guy suited you. Saving that little lady is your last remaining achievement as Spider-Man. When it all goes boom, you'll have nothing left. Ha, 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 ha. It's great. He's like, he's reveling in defeating Yeah, Otto. I mean, this, this plan that we've seen being laid out for the last, like, four issues is working and the moment is for this to rub it in Otto's face except it ain't Otto yeah and we realize that when Spidey turns to Goblin and says what Kevin except uh, the dignity uh, so he goes it all goes boom you have nothing left and Spidey's response is except the dignity of knowing I never carried a man purse classic little Peter Parker quip and then there's like a silent panel of <laughs> Goblin sort of like not laughing anymore just sort of looking confused like puzzled yeah then an extreme close-up of just his eye and his like lips snarling. Yeah. Going very quietly, I imagine. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, is it is really funny. Very really fun. Funny. Uh, and then Peter's response, the one and only. Like and it's there's not no way Otto. he could hear him. There's no way he could hear him from that. It's totally unrealistic. I mean, what's more unrealistic? Otto switching bodies with another human or them being able to hear each other right now over this. Uh, definitely the body swap makes more sense to me. <laughs> uh, sound just doesn't carry that well. I can't imagine this, uh, the goblin jet or whatever the glider he's on is that whisper quiet. So just the wind alone on the top of a skyscraper. So now we get into the situation that Otto basically wanted Peter for. Goblin is escaping, but Anna's in danger of a bomb blowing up. Which do you save? Yeah. And Peter, of course, is going to do it all. Otto's like, well, I'm out of here. I don't. I didn't want to fight you. I wanted to fight Otto this time. So I'm going to blow everything up. I'm going to get out of here. You'll have to stop and save Anna, and I'll get away. No problem. Easy peasy. Uh, and Spider-Man says, no, more like got to run, because the real me always brings out your true color, Goblin Yellow. And he chase, starts chasing after Norman. Yeah. I and- can't believe it. And uh, Goblin hurls a little, whatever, Goblin Batarang thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Spidey catches it and sort of tosses that to Anna, knowing that Anna can free herself with it. Yeah. While he's tending to Goblin. Yeah, the Goblin says, the real Spider-Man would never leave that dwarf to die. Never. 
And Spidey says, yeah, you're Osborne, all right. Always underestimating everyone, me, Otto, and Miss Marconi. From everything I've seen about her, Anna, Anna Maria is a woman who can look after herself. Like, he knows what he's seen of her. Is like, she's super competent. Yeah, through Otto's memories, he knows Anna. Yeah. Well, he's he saw some of her before he got erased. Uh, and he knows, and yeah, he saw a little bit of memories when she was being erased that he loved her. He knows this is like a woman that could make Otto good. Yeah. She's, so he throws her a blade and says, assumes that she'll start to cut herself out, which she does. Yeah. She starts to free herself. So she's working through that to get away from the bomb while Spidey fights Goblin. And, yeah. so, and it's so funny when Goblin is scared, right? He yeah. has been so confident for all 30 issues. He's been the big dog. Everything's worked out for him. Complete super villain declarations. I'm, you know, you're going to bow before me. I'm the Goblin King, blah, blah, blah. But the realization that this is Peter, he's scared. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this weird thing where he gets unmasked. He doesn't look like Norman Osborn. Uh, I kind of wish he just was Norman Osborn here, but Dan Slott's setting up something where I guess Norman's changing his face a lot so he can, he can be anyone. You'll never know who he is. He knocks the Goblin Serum Cure away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we reveal that it's not Norman Osborn, but some you know whatever some other dude surgery altered uh, thing or whatever but then know. he uses Otto's little nano autobots to still cure norman like he put more cure in these little nanobots that can work now that the mask is removed now that he doesn't look like a goblin <laughs> the flaw yeah. in the bots of programming he still uses that so he's using some auto tech to stop to stop him yeah so these little like tiny spider bots loaded with goblin cure start crawling all over the student injecting him Anna has freed herself. She's running away from the bomb, um, but she has to, she's hurled off the building by the explosion. Yeah. Uh, and and she's Spidey has a history. She's fallen to her death. Spidey has a particular history of saving people from falling to their death with webs that yeah. he failed to save Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And he thinks to himself how he's practiced this now. He'll never make this mistake again. Uh, and he <laughs> saves her. At he, this point, I could do it in my sleep, he thinks to himself. He hurls it up, and he also saves the uh, goblin's human persona. Yeah, who's now powerless. He's lost his goblin powers. Uh, so he grabs him and saves him as well. We have a very full flight today, is what he says to Anna Maria, because he grabs her and then picks up this other body. The guy is saying, "I don't, uh, Norman, in this other body, I don't understand why. Why'd you fall? Because your goblin strength's gone. Why'd I save you? Because I'm Spider-Man, and when I'm around, no one dies, even you, which is what we, the readers, want to hear. Like, yeah. the real hero is back. Not this weird, cold-calculating, gamifying, superior Spider-Man, but the good man is in the yeah. house. At the very end, when he's bringing Norman in, Liz activates the Spider-Sense jammer, which yeah. causes Spider-Man to let Norman get away. Uh, she claims, I never uh, meant seeing Mason after all he did to us. I just tensed up, she says to herself. But then as she's walking away, there's like uh, her whispering to her son, remember, Normie, mommy and grandpa did all this for you, all for you. Yeah, so that's laying the groundwork for evil Osborns. Uh, then we have, we see that, so, you know, Goblin escaped, basically. Norman in this new body escapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, without his powers, but he escapes. And we see him, this panel that starts with one street over. Kevin, are you looking at this page? Yeah, I, I don't know which one you're talking about, but uh, 
the Norman page, the next page. What are we talking about? Yeah, where about? he's escaping into the subway train, like yeah, he's yeah. in the sewers. Yeah, I this, see it. This art looks extremely Dark Knight Returns to me. Like it really looks like Bruce in the Bat Caves, doesn't it? Oh, it's got a little bit of that. Yeah. I, I wonder if that was almost inspired by, you know, like. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this artist has some inspiration from Frank Miller. I mean, I would assume most artists do. Yeah. Well, it's really, I, I, I coincidence or otherwise, I really see it here. And, um, so we're okay. We're laying the groundwork. Norman Osborn is still going to be around. We cut back to the wake of the battle. Spidey 29 says, thanks. And sort of flies off the Avengers say thanks and fly off. Right. Yeah. And then Anna shows up and asks if Peter Parker's okay. Oh God. It breaks my heart. Like her yeah. face is so worried about him. They're in love. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is my only quibble and it's basically a quibble because this is an incredible issue and an incredible survey, but I love Anna so much. I wanted more of a moment for her here. Like she kind of, Otto is dead. Yeah. She kind of, I think she deserves to know and that he killed himself to save her. Yeah. I think she deserves to know that here. Like I want a demasking in private. I know I look like the man you loved. I'm not something. Yeah. And I believe that she's smart enough or whatever and could get it. Something like for, that. And I forget how this is plays out exactly, but some of that definitely does happen in the, the new amazing Spider-Man issue that debuts after this. I, I believe it. But I, again, I was hungry for, I was like this woman, mm -hmm. she is, she saved everything by charming auto. She's, mm -hmm. she saved the city. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically what follows is uh, uh, the, the new amazing Spider-Man that kind of spawns out after this deals with Peter Parker, having Parker industries <laughs> trying to use that power responsibly as is this thing. So he's, I now have this like worldwide tech company. I've got to use this as powerfully as possible. Anna works for him there and he's trying to use this to be the best Spider-Man he can be. And Anna is a very important part of that and definitely learns about the Spider-Man, Peter Parker connection and the auto stuff. And it's, you know, uh, interesting. I don't remember the exact details of how it plays out. I'd have to reread it to remember it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but she's an important part. She becomes like a friend of Peter's, but sort of at a distance because it's weird for her to be with someone who looks just like the guy she fell in love with, but is not the guy you fell in love with. Yes. I guess she kind of does get a moment here because the last panel of the story is Peter musing on Otto's sacrifice. Yeah. He thinks like, oh, I said nobody dies, but somebody did die. Yeah, I was wrong. For me to even be here, someone had to die, and it's Otto. And we see the superior Spider-Man, a drawing of him sort of ghost yeah. walking away, sort of like it looks like a Spider-Man No More drawing. Like whenever Peter Parker quits Spider-Man, they'll often be like a ghost hologram of the Spidey costume walking away or something. And this is the ghost of Superior walking away, and he did it to save Anna, and it worked. Uh, before we sum up just our thoughts on this whole thing, uh, a couple of things that follow this. One, as I said, it goes into Amazing Spider-Man with this Parker Industries story. Uh, we also build up to um, the Spider-Verse story, which is where Spider-Man and a bunch of alternate universe Spider-Men fight against a villain. Yeah. Uh, the details of which don't matter. And Otto is in that. Yeah. And what, when that one of the preludes to that event happening is they continue Superior Spider-Man. They do issues 32, 33, and 34 of Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, during the 2099 story, he gets sort of sucked into that portal briefly. Yes. And when he comes out, he's like in the middle of a sentence. And during that time, he he is involved in the Spider-Verse fight. Fun. And it's very fun because in that fight, he starts to realize, 
I think it gets erased, but there's a point where he's like, wait a second, how is Peter Parker still around? Wait, like this seems like a Peter Parker that's after me. Right. He starts to realize that he's going to lose. Yeah. And they, and they, I think that does get erased from him, but that's like a very fun thing. Uh, they also at some point try to relaunch Superior Spider-Man, uh, like with a cloned Peter Parker body with Otto's memories in it, trying to like, so they could have both Superior and Amazing Spider-Man exist. It ultimately didn't sell and only went like eight or nine issues. Yeah. But it was like, if it was written by Christos Gage. It was fun, but not quite as impactful because, you know, obviously it's just another guy. Uh, so there's some fun things like that that have definitely happened. Yeah. In the, in this storyline. Uh, anyway, uh, but this otherwise is the, is basically the end of superior Spider-Man. And what a great issue and what a great series. Yeah, I think those last two issues are really, really good. Very satisfying uh, end to a multi-year arc. Yep. Sometimes these high concept things, you you get the sense, oh, did you have the ending worked out? The ending is unsatisfying. It didn't tie up well. This is not one of those cases. The ending ties up really well. It's uh, really earned. Yeah, I don't know how much, what Dan Slott had outlined before. He definitely had a lot of it. You've, I've heard stories of him telling people years before Superior Spider-Man had his plans for this storyline. And it like, I think that's part of why it works. I think he really thought this through. It's like, if you're going to do something as big as this, replace the hero for a couple of years, you better have a good plan, especially if you're the only writer. This is not a, like Batman was replaced for a while by uh, like a more loose, uh, uh, a more uh, cutthroat Batman, but it was like across like four titles. You got to imagine it was more editorial driven. Uh, and this is definitely a Dan Slott story that was built to two like sell comics, but also it's one guy. He's telling a story and he does a very good job of it. He definitely yeah. sticks the landing. For sure. Well, I loved it. I'm so glad that I was peer pressured into reading it by our listeners. Uh, they were right on the money. This is this is one of the all time great Spider-Man stories for sure. Yep. It's a, a very fun. It's a, a little more eventy than past great Spider-Man stories, but mm -hmm. it's very satisfying. It has the emotional moments. It has the cool super heroic moments. It's got great art throughout. So there's really not, not really a, a big miss in it. That's it. We did it. What? How are we different now? Well, uh, you're more evil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what this taught me. Is like being evil is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're more. You're more efficient when you're evil. Yeah, you feel like you have not been efficient enough in your life. So I've, I've noticed you killing more people. I'm just, if if it needs to be done, I'm not afraid to cross that line. Mm -hmm. And um, and you and you've become more uh more loving. You've become yeah. more Anna Marconi. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm trying to turn people. I'm trying you've, to love people who are inherently evil. Yeah, and you're cooking more. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, it has not changed me. Uh, but yeah. I was glad to get a chance to reread this. I had read this when it came out. I had not gone back to read it again. And I've read it twice. I read it really quickly in preparation to sort of pick out the issues we'd cover. And then I've read it a little slower for us covering it. So now I've read it three times. Uh, and it's a very satisfying. It, it, it held up. Yeah. Are we going to do a mailbag issue next week, Will? Yes, we are. Okay. So we'll be back next week with another mailbag issue. Then we'll probably take a short break. As we mm -hmm. gear up for our next season of guests. We think so. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a couple of mutant mailbag issues in a row. Depends how much email we've got. Yeah. We'll so figure it out. Will, but if you want to mail us, mail us at screwitcomics at gmail.com. 
And um, let us know if you have thoughts on Superior Spider-Man or what else should we read? I mean, we kind of have a list here, but we're always interested to hear suggestions. This was kind of a result of listeners clamoring. So mm-hmm. if you've got thoughts on what we should go over next, let yeah, us know. Yeah, the impossible can happen. We will occasionally listen to people. <laughs> and um, yeah, screw it comics at Gmail. And we'll see you next week with a Mutants and Mailbag issue. Yeah, our episode, we've guessed it on Amazing Spider Talk. That should be out now. That's out, that's been that out is for out a now. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we also did Marvel's poll list. So we're on a couple other recent podcasts. Which is so fun for us because we barely feel like a legitimate podcast. So to be on yeah. some of these others is really a thrill. Yeah. Really nice people. The Spider Talk guys are just really fun and really knowledgeable about their stuff. Yeah. We said we'd have them on our podcast. We probably won't because... Uh, we're evil. Yeah. Uh, true now that we're evil. fashion. Yeah. Now that we're evil, I don't know if we will. Yeah. No, we love those guys. And Yeah, they're great. So please... Uh, Check out our appearances on those other podcasts. Yeah, uh, and that's it. Uh, This was a long one, guys. So thanks for listening to the season and this episode. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to Hello, listeners of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. Are you ready for a promo? My name is Muriel, and I love true crime. I'm Nick, and I am not a fan of true crime. Every week on our new podcast, Muriel's Murders, I handpick a real-life crime story that I think will blow Nick's mind. Muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories, and boy, they are a lot. Some of them are famous. Some of them are weirdly under the radar, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. How does that make you feel, Nikki? Nervous. Are you ready to hear a story? No. Too bad. Here comes Muriel's Murders. So join us every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Campfire.